But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Mike, we did it. I think we did it. Is this two episodes in two weeks? I think oh. it's gone down for the first time in like a couple months here. Oh, it's a record, man. I mean, send the alarms out, man. Verbal shenanigans back at it. Unless something happens and we don't put this up. Yeah, like I still have to like actually put it up and edit it and stuff. So there's, there's always yeah. a chance that falls apart. Make the Instagram. I mean, that's a ton of work. Mm-hmm. And then I got to do the sharing. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So happy December, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy New Year. Welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Scott, are you bringing back Betty White? Or <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's coming up soon. Oh now, yes, it is. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of dead people this year, but I, I think I say that every year. So I don't know. I think that's kind of how the world works. People die, and, and yeah, uh, I think there's a thing where like people die every second. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's probably going to be me shortly here. So stay tuned. Oh. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'll I'll bring you back unless some cool celebrity dies. Then you know you stay in the ground. You wouldn't. So if I died and. I don't know. Chase Utley died at the same time. You just bring Chase Chase back. I mean, dude, you're breaking my arm here. I mean, I'll miss you, but I mean, it's a podcast. I mean, let's be real. I mean, but you have way more of a connection to me than you do Chase Utley. Chase Utley doesn't know about your one-legged gay yeah. uncle or how you like to melt ice or your escapades in a quick check freezer. Chase doesn't know about these things. Well, that means I have time to develop with Chase because I brought him back, dude. Plus, I went to his parade. So you're thinking that if you bring him back, he owes you gratitude of like being your best friend for the rest of his existence or, or yours? At, at minimum. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure he'll complain about, can I go see my family? And I'll be like, <laughs> oh. I don't know. I got a podcast buddy that uh, was runner-up to you. I, I don't think I want to hear that lip. I didn't know kidnapping was also part of bringing him back to life. Well, the rules of that game specifically say you bring him back for any reason. So, so you're going for like the Mac from Always Always Sunny approach, where you're gonna have a catch and talk about your dad. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Interestingly enough, like as we're recording this, it's Wednesday night. Phils are down what five nothing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Five Not nothing. Good. Not good. So looking, looking like you never know. They they hit a ton of runs, but looking like it's going to be a a two two event here. Now this podcast comes out Monday, so I think the World Series will be decided by then, or as possibly long as on that night. There's no rain. Yeah, because tomorrow's game five. Then they have a day off. Then they have the last two. So that would be Sunday. So yeah. Okay. Well, I already told you last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, the uh, Phillies are winning the World Series. I already called it like three, four weeks ago because they're on fire. Are you feeling confident they lose this game? We go into the next episode. Or are you predicting a World Series for your fighting Phils? Yeah, I was 
it, it's been back and forth. I mean, like right now, I just wanted to get a hit right now. We're in the fifth inning and they still haven't got a single single. But um, yeah, I mean, they're bringing out the powder blue uniforms tomorrow. So that's always a gelling thing with this team. Okay. Um, and they just, they got some heart. And do, I, I mean, it's kind of like the first half and all. I said, I just need one in Houston. We go back. We just need one. If we lose tomorrow, it's yeah, all that's tough. to get tough, two tough. of them in their home city. But, hey, we're playing with house money. That's the way I look at it. That's this true. entire year was, nah, no, he ain't. Nah, no, he ain't. What are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, oh, we're doing this. Um, I know we uh, – when you guys signed Bryce Harper and, and when the Mets signed like Lindor, we've had this conversation. We won't go super sports here, but we've had this conversation about these mega, mega, mega deals, these monstrously long deals that almost never end well. I mean, it's kind of like part of the, you know they're not going to end well, but you're just hoping you get one World Series out of it, maybe two or whatever. And I remember I was talking about the Harper deal and being like, I don't know, what was it, 13 years or something for him? 13 years, 330. <laughs> 13 years. So, and, you know, up to this moment, he's kind of been, eh, you know, he's been okay. He hasn't been like world-class Bryce Harper. But now the playoffs have come and this guy's just just turned him. Well, you know, lights out, crushing home runs, what seems like every day. Are we, if, if this ends in World Series, we're, we're saying this was worth it then, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. I mean, nobody can sit back and say, I'm giving you this money. I want four. You can't do LeBron James, not one. Especially not, not two, baseball. Yeah. Not three. Knowing LeBron, he might try something there. But um, you can't, you just. Once you get one, baseball is too unpredictable. 162 games, now three levels, no, four levels of playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, whoever wins, wins. If you, that we're seeing now, if you get in, it's kind of like football. You got a fighting chance. And yeah. at the end of the day, if you get that one parade, just cherish it. Absolutely. Cherish it. Not only that, like you're, you're one player in, in – in, if you're an offensive player, you're one player every nine at bats, and that I mean nine players that have at bats. And then if you're a pitcher, you're one every five. That you can, I mean, let's look up. Take Mike Trout; he's been the best player like possibly ever, and he just rots in in Anaheim mm-hmm. out there. So they had two of the best with uh, Otani. Yep. He's and at one time they had Pujols. I mean, granted, end of his line, but still, you could have made an argument. It's like three megastars. And they're lucky to get third place every year. Yeah, I mean, and look at look at the last couple of years. You got the Braves and the Nationals teams kind of also came out of absolutely nowhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, just someone asked me the other day. I was you know I was just messing around with Yankee fans saying how how good Aaron Judge is going to look in in you know in Queens because it could you know theoretically it could happen. Uncle Stevie's a he just seems like he has play money. Um, and the Mets certainly need a hitter and an outfielder. And someone commented like, oh, good luck paying him that much. They were like paying him uh, 10 years, 40-something million. I said, if it brings me one World Series, I don't care if we pay him a billion dollars. It's not my money, A, and the Mets haven't won since I was two years old. I mean, I grew up watching the World Series video over and over and over again. 
And so if Aaron Judge comes, we win a World Series, and he literally is hobbling around broken for the next 13 years of that contract, I'll take it right now. I'll sign on the line. I don't care about the money. All right, 92 won the fans. Scott and Mikey here, uh, morning drive, and all. now we're going to talk some hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Mike, it, uh, I was curious if you – did you dress up for Halloween this year? I did not, no. There was uh, – the whole month – I mean, we've been over this the last episode. It's just been complete hellish. Um, work's been kind of stressful getting through some items with uh, – different projects and new people trying to get them trained and so forth. Uh, we just, just kind of sat on the porch and gave out candy and all. I got, I gotta say, I somewhat feel bad for trick or treaters because, um, my brother, you know, he does a lot of wholesale stuff. He gets like cases of stuff and he sells it and he makes a ton of money and God bless him and all that. But, um, like, I think it was like, well, mid-October, I was a little surprised because usually my dad contacts me and he's like, you know, oh, your brother's got a bunch of candy and all you want to get some, and I'm all for it. And I heard nothing, and I contacted my dad. I'm like, yo, did he, he get the candy this year? And my dad's like, oh, I mean, I've got mine in August. Uh, I was prepared and all that. I forgot to talk to you see if you got any i'll I'll contact your brother Um, i'll see if he's got august prepping for halloween that's that's some oh yeah that's some doomsday prepper stuff right there yeah that's my parents in a nutshell they do have a doomsday uh setup and all like it at the old house i used to live before i moved uh over here when i came down to georgia uh their basement had like those military open bag spaghetti no kind of meals and all that oh yeah because like I said, again, that boils down to my brother finds all this stuff and he resells. And they're like, yeah, we'll be prepared if anything happens, blah, blah, blah. And which is kind of funny because I'm like, uh, Dad, there's a bay window down here in the basement. I yeah. think if the nuclear bomb goes off, that, that might open up the door or something right here. But <laughs> so they have, did they have like cases of water and uh, things all just like oh, yeah. do not, do not touch? I mean, they don't listen as do not touch, but they like they have the prep for it and all. They have the stuff, so it's like, uh oh, you know, Russia's talking about pressing the button. I mean, they they're always like the prepared ones. I was always like the laid back one of the group, but um, yeah, they would have cases of water. They would have the military style food, and like I say, even though the damn basement had like a bay window, which <laughs> I don't think would have kept out the nuclear attacks no. they were they were for the most part prepared i guess 90 percent with my with my snacking habits and and plus like feeding a baby um i would last essentially six days i would be dead yeah you would have like three years of food and you would probably be a year and a quarter in by day one Do you easily. know the only times i will cook and There'd be leftovers, and I'm like, perfect, lunch for the next day. And then we'll come and, like, do some, like, I'll come out here and podcast for an hour and a half or whatever. Like, oh, man, I'm hungry. And I'll go back into the fridge, 
and just start picking at the leftovers, you know, say with like a chicken cutlet and some rice or something. Mm. I'll, I'll have two of them and then maybe like, a, and then all of a sudden I'll wake up the next day and be like, oh, let's grab my lunch for tomorrow. And just like a spoonful of rice and like a half a chicken cutlet. I'm like, God damn it. Like I did it again. I ate my lunch. I guess we're buying lunch again today. Yeah. My wife is kind of the opposite. Like I will make something and we'll have it for dinner. Mm-hmm. And like the next day I will have it for lunch. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave it there for Izzy. So she has something to eat. He'll just stay there and stay there. And I just look at her like, are you going to eat this? And it's like, oh, I didn't feel like it. So, like, it's almost a week later. And uh, like, I-, I can't throw it out. I'm going to just eat this shrimp. I'm sure I'll be fine, uh, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there, then, there's and, nothing and now worse we, than old yeah, and now leftovers. That's go- and that's what's going to happen in the apocalypse like we'll be down there and i'm like no i can't go to Publix. i think everybody's dead <laughs> leftovers are like the best and like i'm a big leftover guy but then there's a point where you're like okay i'm not risking uh <laughs> three hours of toilet uh to- that night um yeah i i think uh in this nuclear winter situation i'm fine with six days because if it goes any longer i'm just i'm okay with being dead it's fine yeah, why not? I mean, like I said, there is an option to bring you back in the, the tournament. We'll see. I mean, I'll look over the list. I mean, you you gone through the same thing. You're like, oh, I know him bring back. And then little Richard, you're like, oh, I didn't know. Come on now. Me and little Richard in the fallout shelter. That doesn't sound too bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm out. bamboo. Shut up, Richard. It's, it's early. <laughs> uh, you want a podcast? Hush. Shut up. I, I mean, how do you like I'm assuming the nuclear bomb or whatever is gonna wipe out internet. What's the point uh, of, what's the point of living? Yeah, yeah. That would be a great movie. Like you get some like terrorist group you're ready for them to talk about like suicide bombings or you no know, lethal gas and they're like, We infiltrate a Comcast. We'll shut them down tonight. America's going down. Yeah. Yeah, you. Nobody can go on Twitter. There's nothing that will make. I mean, everybody in this country will be pro pro gun and armed to a T because people will lose their mind. Day forty eight hours with no internet, this country loses it. There'll be like four or five people like in their basement that actually prepared a dial up, so they're still trying to like get some kind of relativity to their old life. Yeah, like, you know. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. But in all in all seriousness, like you, you're trapped in a in a shelter these days, mm-hmm. right? And internet goes down. So now we we basically stream everything, right? We we so the TV's out. Uh, useless useless social media's out. Looking up things is out. What do you What are you doing to pass the time? This This happens tomorrow. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's play with the animals until we run out of food, and you know what happens there. Um, yeah, yeah, you got to eat your wife and feed them to the to, to feed them to the dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the new dog Leia. I mean, what are we gonna do? You know, I'll be you know I'll be kind. I'll be like, listen, I, I don't have to kill you. We can just put a you know a bandage around your leg and cut it off, and that's what we'll feed them. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, like. I, I don't know if I told you, I, I, I was thinking about either for the month of January or 
maybe I'll do February. Of course, it, call it, of course it's shorter. Um, <laughs> doing a a getting a flip phone for a month. Mm. I'm I'm thinking about. You know, I, I think we all have this thought where we. I think every person does where, oh, God, I'm on my phone too much. I'm on my phone too much. I'm on my phone too much. I'm looking at the same things. I, I've looked this up already today. I'm looking at nothing. I'm looking at pictures or people's posts about absolutely nothing. And I just think it might be real nice to just have texting and, phone and, and the ability to call. Um, mm-hmm. obviously because I have like a kid it'd be really weird if like daycare is calling and I'm just like eh, no phone sorry um, yeah. no voicemail though you're not a hermit you're not going <laughs> to listen to those things no um, just for a month to see how I would react I guarantee there would be some serious withdrawals oh easily I, I just imagine that first wake up your uh, first easy day of your life like ah whatever happened to uh the sister and different strokes. And then you're just like, Oh, 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 it'll just ruin your Saturday. Like, I'd be curious if I like, like I I constantly feel dumber all the time. Like I'm I'm wondering if like the phone disconnection, I just start feeling like smarter and smarter. And like my brain activity would start to develop again. And I'd be like, Oh wow. I want to read books and, (laughs) and play cards and, and build things. Like I wonder if all this productivity would just come swooping back to me. It may. And then like when you figure you're at the end of the month, you realize it's February 3rd and you just like, (laughs) Oh God. Dang it. It's been a day. It's been a day. Uh, never mind, like, like pooping. Like, oh. like I, how is that done? Like, I, I, would, I would be constipated for 27 days. I, I have been mid-poop and realized I didn't have my phone. And I had to, like, just <laughs> get up and get the phone and get back it, into it. If you have to do, like, the duck walk, like, well, you can't pull your pants all the way up. So you got to yeah. like put them like hip level and then kind of like sachet mm-hmm. across the wherever your phone is. A little protective uh, toilet paper back there no. just in case any <laughs> slippage comes out. Nope. You know, you put a little pad, a pre little pre pad in there. Yeah. Yeah. I have dignity. Come on now. <laughs> well, there's our body fluid uh, segment. Uh, Groovy Joe. That one. That, that's for you. Um, you know, <laughs> we know how much you love those. Um, she loves those. Yeah. Anyway, so, I, I guess. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah, I'll go back to that. So, uh, my dad brings me, says, your brother's got one. I'm going to bring you the case. Uh, he also had, like, a box of, like, full-size M&Ms to give out to the kids. And my dad's like, yeah, you take it, give it to the kids. You, you can't get rid of it. You know, bring him, bring him to work. You know, give, give it out to people. And I'll get, it's like, cherish this moment that you're getting with Halloween. So candy. at the moment, you have a chance of being like the full size M&M mm-hmm. Snickers house. Like you're, you're gaining like street cred with the kids here. Well, the M&Ms are full size. The Snickers are minis. But what we do a lot of times, it's like, we'll give the kid the full size and be like, take a handful of the Snickers, right. you know, so they get this double mound. All they need is that full size. And they'll remember for a long time. Exactly. I remember the house that gave me the full size. I still remember the old woman that gave me the pennies in the piece of tape, uh, five pennies. Uh, so I, I still remember that. I remember I had a neighbor like he I'm looking at you, Mrs. They, Laszlo, you and your <laughs> pennies. It was at the end of the night. He was like giving me 
everything. Like he had some candy, he had like a bag of pennies. I remember he gave me like a bag of pistachios for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a weird combo, but just, I'm like, all right, I'll take it, just, I guess. Just I emptying know. out his doomsday. Uh, his doomsday exactly. Day. I'm like, well, I'm eight. I'll figure out what to do with this. So, but, um, so we're giving out to the kids and things are going along. And as we get some, you know, tiny peaks here and there, it's like, all right, I'm going to dip into the Snickers and have some for myself. Treat yourself. Yeah. So as I'm eating some, I'm kind of noticing there's quite a few of them. The taste is a little off, if you will. And I remember one had like a, like a big hole in the, uh, on the wrapper. I didn't eat that one. Uh, a lot of them were like, you, as you open it, you could tell it was melted at some point because <laughs> caramel is sticking. It's like a weird shape. And you're eating, like, at the end, I got, like, this weird, like, aftertaste or something like that. So Did you look at the the candy and it said Snickers with 1K or, or <laughs> M, M and N's? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to... <clears throat> We had a moment where it was quiet for a minute and the wife was picking in the Snickers too. At one point I just turned to her and I'm like, is it me? Or is this, are these Snickers taste a little off? And she's like, oh my God, I thought it was just me. <laughs> and I, oh, I no. think what basically happened is as like my brother got other stuff and uh, my brother is known for um being uh, cheap and holding on to stuff like he won't sell things that are expired but he will hold on to them <laughs> i think he gave me like a whole case of expired snickers they gave out to the local children in my neighborhood so you just basically you poisoned the whole neighborhood um and you went well, from you went from the street cred house with the full size to now the 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 diarrhea house of Georgia. <laughs> now I don't know about losing street cred because number one, there's a ton of houses that give out Snickers, so there's no way they can pinpoint <laughs> to myself. That's number one. Number two, I don't think I did bad because, like I said, we gave out the full size M and M's. They seem to be legit. <laughs> It's just one of those, ah. Till you just read stories of M&M bags exploding in people's houses when they leave. <laughs> what? What's happened in Marietta? No, no, that couldn't have been me. Um, no, no, no. There's going to be like town council meetings next year about like the safety of trick-or-treating in your neighborhood and look out for the expired candy and <laughs> the razor blades. And, you know, uh, you're you're now on a list. You are on a candy watch list. And I still got like a whole heaping bowl of Snickers. So there's a part of me is just like just shove it in the trash. But there's also like, well, some of them are good. Like maybe I hold on to a couple. Of so you're gonna risk. <laughs> so you're gonna risk a who, who knows food poisoning or not just to find the ones that taste okay. I mean the the peanuts in the Snickers tasted old. So I don't know. I don't know if there's such thing as a rancid peanut. I, I've never looked that up. Why don't, why don't you go get those Snickers and and, 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 <laughs> and, and sample them on the show and tell see what happens tomorrow? All right, well, maybe we'll do that <laughs> between segments. Maybe we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> you should get some fresh ones and some old ones and mix them together 
and like <laughs> do like a Russian roulette type deal. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely bring some neighbors over. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't dress up. I mean, you guys have basically had like 12 Halloweens over the last couple of years. It's just any day, you know, any Prince costume, anything. A Wookiee. Well, also keep in mind that uh, we got the dog, our puppy Leia, neutered on uh, on Halloween. She was supposed to be earlier in the month, and then we got the COVID, which just... So we got like a kind of bookends of... Just really fun things for that month of October. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you seemed like you enjoyed it. Um, you know, every year there's uh, there's <laughs> costumes that are deemed offensive. You know, they're uh, the people think they're just crossed the line. They went they went too far. Um, so I wanted to to there was a couple costumes here wore by celebrities that people were outraged uh, in, in the Twitterverse, you know, over outraged, the, outraged over oh these, my God. over these costumes. Um, so I'm just curious on, on your thoughts on, on some of these guys, do you have any ideas of what maybe some of these costumes might have been? Uh, I mean, considering his thoughts right lately, you know, maybe ye, my boy, yay, or <laughs> as you call him, ye or, I forget which one. Which one was the right one? I forget. I always Kanye. Whatever it is, whatever I pick, it's going to be the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so we have Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Okay, hot, hot couple. You know. Um, so the A-list couple are facing strong backlash over two different Halloween albums. Now, I always love when it's strong backlash. It's essentially probably like. Mm-hmm eight people on Twitter just like with nothing else to do and just being like, Oh my God, this is so atrocious. Um, but Megan Fox and machine gun Kelly had fetish inspired costumes with the actress wearing fishnet stockings and latex underwear in a photo shoot. She was seen on her knees wearing bondage gear while being fed by her boyfriend. On Sundays, we take communion, said Megan in the caption, followed by a prayer emoji and rosary beads, while the rapper, his real name, Colson Baker, was dressed as a priest, leading to pair being slammed for mocking the Catholic Church. What happened to cultural appropriation? Why is it okay to mock the Catholic Church? It's absolutely abhorrent and offensive, and I'm so sick of the double standard. Fumed one person. <laughs> Another chimed in, I'm not Catholic, but this is so wrong in so many ways, making fun of religion. Okay, Mike, now you see on the screen. Uh, and they mm-hmm. also went as Pam and Tommy Lee, which I think they look pretty good at. Yeah, that's a good outfit. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Machine Gun Kelly played Tommy Lee in the Motley Crue, like, Netflix show. Um, anyway, so you see Machine Gun Kelly as a priest, and then you see Megan Fox, scantily clad, um, not looking much different than a lot of, like, slutty Halloween costumes. Are you, mm-hmm. are you offended by this, Mike? Uh, the most offensive thing about this article is the name Colson Baker. <laughs> That's the most offensive thing. And you know, no Colson Baker should be eventually be called Machine Gun Kelly. No, no, no. Um, like it's not a, it's not even like a great outfit. To no. Like my first thought looking at it is, is he some like knockoff Marilyn Manson? Right. By looking at this, I. I mean, I'm just looking at him, thinking like that doesn't look much different than any of like. 
you go into Party City and they have black costumes for kids that look like this. Like just, you know, demonic priest, demonic uh, whatever. It's just like a red and black priest outfit. Yeah, very generic. I mean, I don't even see anything particular from Megan Fox. She's just on the ground taking communion. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just a stupid thing. The only reason people complain is because they have somewhat celebrity. Okay, okay. Well, maybe you'll be offended by this horrifying one. Okay. We all remember what happened in March this year when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the uh, the Oscars. The Hollywood actor stormed the stage that evening, made a joke, and uh, Jada Jada Pinkett, we know that whole story. Um, So, awkwardly, someone on the American talk show, The View, Mike, of all places, can't be offensive on The View, uh, there was a child dressed as an Oscar award with a bright red slap print on it. So there's a kid in a gold suit with like a handprint on his uh, on his cheek. Uh, this was to depict an Academy Award, but the most shocking part was the red handprint painted over the cheek. We do not want to endorse violence of any kind, <laughs> but we couldn't help but talk about one of the hottest hot topic, the hottest hot topics of the year. Uh, Ashley Alderfer Kaufman, the show's <laughs> wardrobe supervisor, said. Um, so, Mike, here's the picture. Uh, are, you, are you offended by this? This looks like an REM music video. <laughs> like it's Johnny it's not offensive. Happy people, yeah, exactly. It's I like if you gave me twenty guesses of what this costume was, I would not get it. It looks like an art film. <laughs> There's nothing about it. The only funny thing is the hottest hot topic is where I used to hang out when I was like fifteen at, <laughs> down at the mall. Yeah. Meanwhile, like if you look in the back, one of the view hosts is wearing like the Handmaid's Tale outfit. Um, I don't see how. So, so the slap is offensive. I guess it's like, oh, it's funny because it's gold, like the the award, and there's a slap. It, it's overthinking, stupid. It's somebody who thinks they're original, and it, yeah, someone thinks they're original, and then you look at it for five seconds, and you just. Go get uh, whatever, Tim. Good yep. job. Whatever yep. you're, you're the smartest costume at the company party. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, all right. We got two more, and then we'll get to our guest here. Um, so somebody found Billy Eilish very offensive. Okay, mm. so Billy managed to cause controversy with her couple's outfit with her new boo or new bay, Jesse Rutherford. The American singer who went public with their age gap romance earlier this month was slammed for the sick and twisted costume, Mike. Billy is 20. She was dressed like a baby while her boyfriend, 21, transformed into an old man, seemingly a dig at their haters. The happier-than-ever hitmaker wore a bonnet and diaper, which she paired with a blonde wig, pink slippers, and an outfit emblazoned with teddy bears. Wrinkled Jesse sorted a bald cap complete with gray tufts of hair and also dyed his mustache. Um, some people said, she's of legal age, but this couple's costume feels uncomfortable. I wish I could wash my eyes with soap and scrub this from my mind. <laughs> Billy, Billy Eilish and Jesse Rutherford's matching Halloween costume is incredibly sick and twisted, especially with their age difference. Now, Mike, this is not, this is not like 
the Hugh Hefner's, uh, <laughs> him yeah. being 80 years old and being with 21 year old. This is a 31 year old and a 20 year old. Yeah. Is there a little bit of a gap? Sure. But is this, <laughs> is this sickening to you, Mike? Uh, this seems like something where somebody heard they were doing this article over outrageous costumes and the actual celebrities paid their publicists to try to get that story into there. Yeah. Um, it just, if you gave me 50 guesses on what was outrageous about this, I don't think I get it. Cause the guy's dressed like, like in 1980s kind of like background dancer with like all the techno colors he's wearing. I, I would guess something like it, it was, um, if you gave me a, I guess I would have been like, oh, I guess it's the uh, some scene from The Wedding Singer or something like that, some like 80s retro movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never come to a conclusion. It's like, oh, my God. Appalling. It's absolutely appalling. People were outraged, Mike. Could it, they couldn't, couldn't sleep that night knowing what Billy and her, her new her new beau were doing that night. Yeah, whoever said that comment had, owns at least four cats. Oh, yeah. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then the last one is just Kendall Jenner <laughs> in a Woody outfit from Toy Story and basically just with her butt cheeks hanging out. I mean, that's about as close as I'm going to get to. Oh, I can see the outrage, but she's a uh, good, I mean, She's showing off her body as a 26-year-old. It's the it's like the old game where you just pick a character out of a hat and then you make it the naughty whatever. So she was naughty Jesse yeah. that night. Yeah. Um, true or false? I heard you had this similar idea for a costume but decided against it last minute. Naughty, naughty Woody. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it wasn't assless. It was in the front. So. <laughs> Come to Naughty Woody's house for old <laughs> Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> the Snickers that taste like Woody. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, well, once again, American embarrasses himself uh, being, quote-unquote, outraged. Outraged yep. by these shocking and appalling costumes. Yeah, congratulations, Elon Musk, on uh, buying Twitter. This is what you're going to get for your $44 billion. Yeah, every day, all day, um, people complaining. But, uh, Mike, let's, let, let's switch, switch gears here to, to two guests who uh, don't complain. Actually, they are uh, no. very inspirational. So, Mike, who we got today? Uh, tonight, we are talking with Dr. Nicole LaBeach and Crystal Khalil. Dr. Nicole is a relationship doctor who also hosts the show Put a Ring on It on OWN. Crystal is a former executive with Porsche. We're going to be chatting with them on their seminars called Women Unlimited as they assist with women in growing their value in the workplace. Their next seminar is on November 6th, and you can join virtually by going to their site, SisterDiamonds.com. So we're going to talk to the ladies, see how they came together and what their seminars are all about. Let's do it. All right. uh, So we have Crystal Khalil. And Dr. Nicole uh, Beach, did, did I get your names right? You did well. All right. Thank you guys for the interview. That was yeah. that was great. That was our only question. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
please welcome to the show now when we uh, set up this interview caroline informed us that both of you were sassy so i, I gotta prep myself like yeah. how sassy we talking here let me let me add that. let me add to that too like there was a lot i feel like the word sassy was in the description like four to five times like i don't think it was just in the first <laughs> there was a lot of sass in that description <laughs> <laughs> she was not supposed to tell you that. So that was supposed to be a secret, and now here we are. Uh, it was a surprise, sassy, but we blew it. Dang it! I, th- I think it should have. It should have said spicy, not sassy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. See, that's All the right. that's the response a sassy person would have. <laughs> Yeah, we learned a lot so far. We got your names right, but we screwed up on the sassy to spicy. But we'll get there. Different. We'll get there. A- a- it's a long adjective. interview here. Yep. So, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, uh, with everything you've done in life and uh, uh, doctor, you having your show on uh, Oprah's network, put a ring on it, and uh, Crystal, you being a former executive for Porsche, I, I kind of want to start off with. When you've had that so much success, like a lot of people are driven to just keep going with their own success. What made you kind of look into both combining forces and working to help more people out and with women in the workforce and relationships? It was it was really organic, to be honest with you, Michael. Um, I We both went through our own transformational process and in and, and growth. And we came together organically. One of my uh, co my coworkers or colleagues at Porsche introduced us because he he just recognized that we had kindred spirits, and uh, he introduced us, and we hit it off instantly. And what was amazing is um, something something magical happened when we connected. We both showed up in these you know in our professional. You know, spaces we had, we, you know, I'm here I am an executive at Porsche and she's the CEO of her company. And somehow in the conversation, those masks and titles fell off. They dropped off Mm. and we became Crystal and Nicole and we connected on some real life issues and, and, and understood that, you know, we'd both been through some similar things and the connect a real connection happened and uh we kind of cultivated that and about a year later i decided to retire and start doing my own business uh in executive coaching and that's something that nicole had already been doing for a number of years and she reached out to me and said hey i i want to celebrate you i heard that you're leaving corporate america you're taking a leap and I want to celebrate you. And, you know, she offered to to be a resource for me and that transformation. And it was just, it was amazing. She invited me to her home. She cooked me an amazing breakfast. She mm. is, she's an awesome cook. <laughs> and eight hours later, we decided that what we had um, in business and uh, the similarities of our life stories um, was something that needed to be shared. And we started our business together with Sister Diamonds. Would you describe the breakfast as spicy also, or was it? No. <laughs> I, I described the breakfast <laughs> as yummy, Scott. Yeah. And mm. Yummy. Yeah. Well, well listen. Um, that was the best investment in a breakfast that I've ever made in my whole entire life. 
if I knew that it was going to result in this amazing business partnership and friendship, I would have made something like bananas flambe or something to go with it. I promise you it was the best. Well, Crystal, you touched on something I want to ask you both. Um, you, you talked about making that leap from, from corporate America or from the workforce. And Nicole, you had been doing that for a while. Yeah, I mean, we all we all go through it. We all we you know, let's face it, we all kind of dream of, of getting out of that one day and, and, and kind of doing our own thing. What led I guess, Nicole, you first, what led you to to getting the confidence to take that leap? Did you have clientele in place? Did you have something ready to go or did you just take the leap and figure out where you landed? And then, Crystal, if you could piggyback your story with that. You know, for me, I was praying to get out of my job. And in the middle of that, my department was shut down per 9-11. Oh, wow. And how 9-11 affected our lines of business. And before I could even think about what was I going to do next... I got offered another opportunity, a better opportunity than the one that I was in, greater title, more money, the whole thing. But it was not in line with purpose for me. And I knew that because what I was praying for was something that really was going to help me bloom for real. It wasn't about just the money or just the title or position. I really wanted to feel like I was moving in what I was put here to do. So when I got the other opportunity, I was really in trouble because I didn't plan to leave the job that I got laid off from. I wanted to, but I didn't have a plan yet. So this next opportunity comes in and I had a choice to make. Did I really think that leaping and falling were the same thing? And that was big because for many people, it feels like it's the same concept, right? And for me, I was like, you know what? If I take the leap now and for whatever reason, this does not work out, I can trust myself that the, the type of productivity and the results that I got for other people, I bet on myself, and that's what I did. And 20 years later, I haven't turned back from that concept. I, I figured out through trying it that I was the guarantee that I had been looking for for a really long time in other arenas. I was it. So, you know, some people are like, you know, do you have to have all of this money? You should have a plan. You should have a strategy. You should have some clarity and be determined on what kind of of grit and persistence you're going to put towards doing this leap, but it doesn't always come in this fantastic package. The packaging is you and what you're willing to do. And that's what I figured out. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. And it, that my story is, is similar. Um, I'm a first generation college graduate. So and I come from two really hard working parents. 
Um, and my mom grew up in, in Greenville, Alabama. My dad in Beaumont, Texas, you know, really humble beginnings. I was the first one to go off to college. And from the first point that I entered um, corporate America, I realized I didn't see anybody who looked like me in leadership positions. Right. And I often mm. found myself being the only woman, sometimes the only minority, mm -hmm. sometimes even the only American at the table because I worked for an international company. And so I set my sights on becoming um, what I wanted to see. And I worked really hard and it took me 20 years to finally break through those glass ceilings and kick those doors in. And once I achieved it, uh, I, I started to ask myself what's next, right? I had from all, from all viewpoints, it looked like the perfect job. And it was, it was a great company. I had great relationships, great pay. I got a brand new car every six months, but it felt like a golden cage. And I don't know if, I don't know if Michael Scott, if you've ever experienced that, where it looks really good from the outside, but every time you try and open up your wings full span, you feel like you're hitting up against sidewalls, right? Yeah, so that's how I feel on this show with Mike. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. entrapped. Yeah. Keep those wings in, Scotty. <laughs> Keep those wings in. I'm he, doesn't, he doesn't allow me to fly, ever. Hey, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I felt. I yeah. felt like I could not fly. And uh, I determined, you know, what, what I had to ask myself, where do I see myself in the next five years, 10 years? What do I want? And it was at that time I determined, you know, I got the most I could do supply chain and procurement with, with the back of my hand that I could do that in my sleep. But what I really got joy from was coaching and mentoring um, the employees, the other employees in the organization and, you know, um, providing support to them. And I enjoyed that. So I decided that I wanted to take the leap into executive coaching because I really enjoyed seeing other people flourish and helping other people to get to their next. And so I decided to take the leap because I felt like there's, there's, this is great, but I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more for me. And it has been an amazing transition in life. And to wake up every day now with purpose, not just, you know, chasing a, a paycheck or, you know, um, the, uh, uh, this career trajectory and, you know, trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. I get to just be. And that is amazing. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Uh, you, you two dudes in the show, Women Unlimited, you stream where you talk about different relationships and business and items like that. I'm kind of curious as you work with different women and try to help them out, do you find it more that they're their roadblocks are like what what's out there in the business world, what the conceptions are and stuff like that. Or is it more the internal blockage of saying, no, I can't get up there. No, they'll, they'll never allow a woman here or a minority or anything of that sort. Oftentimes with women, as with all of us, the, the internal sabotage, right, is what holds us back. Um, it's our internal belief system, what we've been taught and, and what we believe our, our um, limitations are. And that internal sabotage that tells us we're not good enough, 
Um, there's no room for us at the top. All those things that stop us from being our, our, our greatest self. And the woman that we serve is the one that is, she's the high achiever. Um, she's always, you know, always gone after her goals and she's always been the one that, um, you know, has the good job and takes care of everybody around her. But she's given so much and done so much for others. She doesn't know who she is and she doesn't, she's the one for everybody else, but she doesn't know who to call when she needs support. Right. So she's hmm. like, that's her limitation. It's, it's built around the relationships and what uh, Dr. Nicole and I figured out is there are, uh, there's a three-step process to getting out of your own way and achieving uh, your 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 vision and your dreams and your your highest and best self, and that's you've got to liberate your mind. Number one, um, from those things, those belief systems that that are holding you back. You got to take the action in spite of fear, in spite of sabotage, internal self sabotage, and sabotage from those around you. And then you've got to accelerate by partnering and surrounding yourself with people who can support your vision and your dream. And it takes a lot of courage to do those things, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, there, there's no lack of people who are willing to help you buy into your own self-doubt because often they have self-doubt. Right. So being in a space of liberation, sometimes from the environment that you grew up in, sometimes from some of your family traditions, it could be uh, religious traditions. It could be, you know, what you've learned and grew up in as it related to how gender is seen and gender roles. I mean, there's so many things that can create a premature ceiling um, that doesn't speak to our capacity, right? I can be really capable, but some of those things can give me a seven foot ceiling on my potential before I'm even able to see what am I really made of? So the thing that's been really great about being able to work with women in this capacity is for Crystal and I, we really believe that they can fly, literally. So you have to convince us otherwise. And what usually happens is that never happens. Right. It never happens that you are stuck in pigeon status, right? It's usually eagle status, but you didn't know that you were one. So then when you get the opportunity to activate some things and get supported in that space, then you're like, wait a minute, my wings work. Hold on. And then when you get community, you have a whole tribe, a whole group of people that are saying, how can I help you? What can I do to support you? That looks good on you. That leadership looks good on you. What can I do to help you get to the next level? And from there, you just take off. I mean, all of this sounds fantastic. Obviously, like it sounds great. And all your, uh, you know, morals and everything seem to be very aligned with one another. Um, but break this down, for, break down your sister diamonds for the average listener. So we know what you guys believe in and we know kind of the big picture. But 
what what is this, this company and and how did this come kind of to fruition and what exactly do you do as people are listening and say okay we love what they're saying but so what do you do for me if we come and see you or hear you or listen to you or or reach out to you in a nutshell we help women unbind and unleash their unlimited potential and we do that by um, teaching them our three-step process the liberation activation and acceleration and we provide community to do it in and that often is the most powerful um, step in the process truly successful people live in what we call the terror barrier they are constantly doing things that nobody else has ever done and it's that feeling of walking a tightrope without a net right they are out there and you don't you don't know if if i fall if there's going to be a floor under me and what's going to catch me right so we create this community of women that are um, pushing the barriers they're out here they're they're taking action and they are shining their light and that's what sister diamonds is all about we realized that when when nicole and i came together um, my focus word for that year that we parted when we made our partnership in 2020 my focus word for that year was illumination shining my light and teaching others how to do the same her focus word was collectivism, right? And what we realized was when illumination and collectivism comes together, it's brilliant, brilliance. So it's Sister Diamonds, that's where it came from, coming together to shine our lights. And we've realized that all of us have been through a lot of things in our lives. Everything works together for the good. And the experiences that we've had um, are, are for, uh, for purpose. They are to build our purpose. And we all have something to give. And it's a lot of darkness in this world. Um, but we all have something to give. And if we can stand in our power and truly shine our light, that's how we find our purpose. So we help women to unbind and unleash that unlimited potential in their purpose. A lot of us are doing things that other people um, have told us are the right things to do, or we're doing things that we should do, air quotes, right? Um, or they're, they're the best things to do. Um, but what is your purpose? What is that thing that you were born to do? We help uncover that and help unleash that so that you can you can wake up every day and not only do what you love but monetize what you love now now crystal nicole like is is this work like are, are women coming to you while working in the workplace and working on this outside yeah. to transition out of what they're doing is that kind of how th that model yeah. works okay yeah it's women that are in business and they're gotcha. trying to okay. you know go up corporate ladder it's women that are in, you know, the corporate arena and they're trying to figure out what entrepreneurship should look like for them. And the thing that's unique is that, you know, both Crystal and I were able to move up the corporate ladder in pretty large companies where women, women of color, that was just not the norm. It just was not the norm. So being able to have that journey and successfully have that journey and still have relationships and have, you know, have the opportunity to be able to say, 
you know, we've been able to manage large budgets. We understand what it looks like to create a business and to scale a business and all of these things that so many women are like, I feel like I have the talent. I feel like I have the know-how how to do this thing, but I get a little lost when I'm trying to think about, well, well, who's really my audience? And how am I going to charge for this gift and this talent? And what problem am I solving? And all of these things that at times can be challenging to overcome when you're trying to take the leap and you're not sure what you know until you know it, community makes a huge difference because now you have a group of, of women who are willing to say, oh, I have that. I can share that with you. Oh, I can show you how to do that. Let let me show you how to forecast. Oh, I can show you how to do that. Now, it's not intimidation. It is really the encouragement and affirmation for you to be able to say, you know what? I can do this. Let me try. Let me give it a shot. That's great. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Uh, I'm. As we talk about women empowerment, I'd be remiss to not bring up everything that came down to the Supreme Court a few months back and so forth. Uh, with everything that's happening there where people start questioning, are you finding when you're talking to women, is there more dejection with other things outside of business such as that? Or is it almost like a kind of a lighting a fire where it's like now I really motivated to get to that next level, whether it is in politics or whatever else in life. I think women have, women, you know, are in the last couple of years with the pandemic, political changes, all the things going on. Yes, women are on fire. Um, They're ready for change. They, you know, the pandemic, you had this, this um, huge amount of women in the workforce that had to leave the workforce because, you know, they had to take care of their children and um, a lot of change going on. And now women are starting to see the the important, well, not starting to see, they are like adamant and demanding to see women in leadership positions. Right. Because when we have seats at the table, we can make change. So they're they're ready to you know to to take the reins and step into that light so that we can affect change, and we've been able to help women that are we've got examples of women in our tribe who are you know these uh, hardworking women who've hit, they've achieved a lot of things but they've hit a ceiling they've hit this wall in their career they want to grow and and move into a higher position but they've hit this wall where we're able to coach them how to not just be a hard worker, but become a networker and start building relationships across the organization that that can help them help move them into that seat, um, that power seat at the table that they, that they want to be in and just help them get build that confidence in those sponsors and mentors internally that can help them move that move to that seat. Or maybe it's that they've, They've hit that wall and they, it's time for them to move on. But we've gotten comfortable because that often happens too, where we see them get comfortable in their position, but they know that they're there, that they have so much more potential and capacity. So coaching them to take that leap. But yes, absolutely, Michael, women are on fire um, to see women shining their lights and affecting change around the globe. That's awesome. And 
You know, the other thing, too, is a lot of women are coming into this conversation of, you know, you may not want me in your boys club, but you all haven't done that great of a job. <laughs> right. Sorry about that. Right. Call me the way. I'm sorry. It's like, OK, the, the big threat is that you won't let me into your boys club. And the big threat is you won't see me as one of the guys and you won't let me sit at the table But when I look at what you've done and when I look at what has been crafted and created, when there's not a conversation where women are at the table, when there's not a conversation of of diversity and equity and inclusion and so many of the other things that we've been talking about over the past five years at a heightened level, the results are not really that great. So, so many women are now saying, you know what? There is a lot of evidence that when we take our shot, a lot of people prosper. When we go after the seat and we're creating allies and we're we're doing what a lot of men, you know, I have a lot of respect for men when it comes down to trying a new job. You know, many men, when they see the description, they'll say, oh, I can do two of those 17 things. I'll go for it and I'll learn on the job. Mm -hmm. The research Mm. has shown that women do it very differently. They're like, I only know how to do 15 of 17. I'm not ready. Right? So what we're able to do is change that internal narrative and normalize some things that need to be normalized for women in business, which is, If you're interested in the job and you can see yourself doing that job in the next couple of years, go for it. Let that employer tell you no. You don't be the first to say no. You be the first to say yes. And what's going to stop you from getting your yes? Because for a lot of men, they're like, you're going to have to tell me no a whole lot more times because I've got a no right now. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and scare me. I got that in my back pocket. And, and you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, sis. I was just going to say, too, and here, here's the spicy. Time is up for us to be working twice as hard and getting 50 to 60 cent on a dollar. Right. Okay. Sick of mm-hmm. that, right? Okay. We are sick of that, and we are ready to start advocating for ourselves because that time is up. What What is the reason for that? We're showing up, we're working twice as hard, we're taking care of households and we're, we're showing up at work. And, and I've heard, I've been at the, at the tables when the conversation comes up on a, a, a man's salary and they say, well, you know, he's taking care of a household. Well, women are taking right. care of households yeah. too. Yeah. Right. I, I, could, I could vouch for that. I, right. <laughs> yeah, I could um, I've been there too and it's been, it's been one of those things where now women have to not only advocate for themselves, they have to advocate for each other. For sure, for sure. Uh, Crystal, Nicole, um, we're, we're coming up on our time here. Uh, we'd love to have you guys on. We would love to have you on again to talk even more in, in depth about some of the things you do. Um, but like I said, we're just kind of running out of time here. So if people want to go check out where both of you guys individually or, or your, your, uh, your company together, where can they go? Check, check out your message and find out more about what your cause. 
Well, well, Scott and Michael, thank you guys for giving us this opportunity to. Yeah, we enjoyed it. We really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely, we did too. Absolutely. Um, And for your audience members, if you'd like to follow us, um, I'm at Crystal Khalil and Nicole is at Ask Dr. Nicole on all social media channels. We also you can also find us at Crystal and Dr. Nicole on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, And for women who are interested in learning more about how you can join this movement, um, we have a class called Woman Unlimited Live. It's a four hour master class that we that we provide and it is free awesome absolutely free and life-changing and life-changing in four hours i'm joining walk out with a plan um and you will be free of some of those limiting beliefs and some of those things that are holding you back from the next level that is womanunlimitedlive.com so look that up join us we would love to see you at the next Woman Unlimited Live. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Stay safe out there. And uh, uh, thank you. And you're, you're more than welcome to come on again down the line. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank guys. you. Love you too. Have hey, a great night. Take care, Bye. guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All right, Mike. I'm wondering if we would be allowed to attend the Sister Diamonds workshop. I don't see why not. We've had a lot of empowered women on the show previously. We have plenty. Yeah. Like remember seasons? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think they're a group anymore. Uh they're down to two of them. I don't know if it's like they're the plan is to add back the seasons that left seasons. Yeah. But uh yeah, there's Two of them definitely left, for what I can tell on Instagram. So. Or the two of them are going to pick up an extra season each. Like, it is going to be <laughs> <laughs> autumn, winter, and spring, spring, uh, summer, you know? You are not spring, winter. You're summer, fall. Hey! <laughs> you ruined a concert. But very good guest. Go check out uh, Sister Diamond over there. Uh, Mike, what do you got before we get out of here? Uh, I got a story from uh, somebody. I'm going to keep them anonymous, but I'm kind of curious how you would have handled this situation, Scott. Does it involve old candy? Um, Don't think so, but when I get the full story out, maybe I'll be like, oops, forgot that. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. So this person is on a Zoom call with somebody. I don't want to – I don't say manager. They sh- – they don't report directly to this person, but it's like a higher up person or whatever. So they're chatting away, uh, getting some items uh, set up for project that they're working on. And at the end they go, okay, they're all good. You know, going to end the call. The person on the other end doesn't end the call. (laughs) Second, they think the call ends. They turn to their, husband and go i told i think this person has a mental disability oh referring to the person they were just talking to yeah oh boy and then the the that person can hear the husband go oh yeah you can tell by the way that they talk oof like literally 30 seconds after said um uh call was supposed to end so they're they don't say anything to this person 
they hang up the call obviously kind of like what the hell did i just hear and you know they're kind of going through like kind of a panic or whatever kind of talk to some of their co-workers on the situation even looked at possibly going to another job or something like that but the person who uh, called them possibly mentally disabled or whatever you want to call it they keep calling them on their cell and they're they're so persistent they call about eight times that day they call a couple times the next day Apparently, they even asked for this person's personal cell phone to contact them to try to talk to them. Mm. All at the same time, as they're asking for this information, somebody's like, well, why do you need to talk to them? Ah, I, I'm just wondering why they're not getting back to me. But I, I just, I have a question. And they're like, well, what's the question? Oh, I'm just wondering why they're not getting back to me. So they're, so- they're kind of acting like they don't know but at the same time they're showing signs like they exactly know what happened mm-hmm. it's like oh crap like trying to trying to yeah. smooth it over quickly so when i talked to this person i recommend it since the person though is not a direct kind of like manager but still like an upper person who has some kind of mojo i suggested go to hr as a sense of not I'm telling on you and I want you fired, but in the sense of if they do anything, this is on the record. That was my personal thought on it. And they kind of pushed back and acted like, no, I'm not a person that goes to HR and does that. I'm not a tattletale or whatever. So kind of things are somewhat smoothed over where they're, they don't need to talk to this said person Mm -hmm. who said they have a mental disability but it's still like kind of an open thing in their work. Hmm. So I'm kind of curious what you would have done if you heard somebody not hang up and basically question your mental capabilities. Well, first I would be like, ah, oh, they got me. <laughs> Someone's on. Dang, they listened to the last episode. <laughs> they, they've, <laughs> they've figured me out finally. Uh, yeah. To be honest, if, People listen to a couple episodes, they'd be like, yeah, they can tell Mike from the way he talks. Yeah. Oh, man. If we imagine we chopped up some of the things we've said over the years and took them completely <laughs> out of context. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, half the time in context, they don't quite make too much sense. But um, it's a good question. It's a good question. What exactly I would do? Um, I feel like knowing myself. I would probably be the person to not do anything initially um, mm-hmm. just because I'm like a conflict avoider, like to a fault sometimes um, where I'm like, gotcha. ah, I just don't want, um, I just don't want this to become a thing, you know, a, a big mm-hmm. thing. But I do know that it would, it would bother me for a, a, an extended period of time, not, addressing it at all in some way so i i think initially i would certainly be confused on exactly what to do now what now as i said this call was still active mm-hmm. what i feel like the second i hear that i would go 
want to make them know I know. Right. You think you would stay silent and hang up? No, I think I probably would say something too. I'd probably be like, "Excuse me," or, or you know, like "Hello," or like "I'm still I'm still here, bud," or, or something like that, and then hang up and like fume for a while, and then be like, "Oh crap, I don't know what to do here." Um, as far as like doing like the professional steps and the HR thing, that would be really tough for me. Um, I probably because I've never really been in that situation, but I, I know I would procrastinate on it for a while and let it kind of like bounce around in my head for a long time probably on necessarily a long time before i addressed it but i would think eventually i would or, or say something to them um eventually would you look at other jobs in that scenario i don't think so i don't i don't yeah, think so um, especially if like that job was like like i didn't have a problem with it and things were fine i mean if i hated that job that might be something to push me over the the, the edge to go look for something else. But I think, I don't know, the the mental illness I might have might be uh, letting things go like that too too many times. But, uh, but it would be fun to like butt in and be like, hey, I'm still here. And then like kind of have this thing to hold over them for a long time. That could be a fun, fun advantage point. Yeah. I'd, knowing me, I'd probably come back with some anger and sarcasm. I would like to think I would be funny smart enough to go oh while you guys are still on the phone i, I had a qu- other question on this project and like literally try to play it off like yeah let them start thinking wait did he did he understand what i just said or <laughs> yeah yeah like keep it at a level where <laughs> it's like it's a mystery to them and you still got something in your back pocket yeah or if i was like quick enough i'd hit that little record button on the zoom and it's like your meeting is oh, recording, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or be like, ah, or, or like mess with them. Be like, ah, good meeting. Um, uh, would you like the video? <laughs> you know, I, I recorded it the other day and make, maybe make them sweat a little bit. Mm. Yeah, and I would probably like hope that, and then I know in my sick head, I would like hope that they would come to me about it. But then at the same time, I would hope that they're not going to come to me about it because I don't want that awkward, like, conversation i would probably just move on with it honestly i wish i could sit here and be like i'm gonna stand up for myself and 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 you know get aggressive about it but i probably wouldn't knowing myself see that's probably gonna be the worst once they think they know or whatever because there's always gonna be uh kind of um you know i was talking about the other person on the call or somewhere you know they have a bad excuse and you have to sit there and kind of like uh-huh yeah that, uh-huh, that's really a, that's a hard one to smooth over too like that's a hard one to go back a couple weeks and be like hey jim you know how things going you know like uh great to talk to you like you're always going to remember that so yeah mm-hmm. yeah maybe maybe one day we'll learn from this and everything that uh that we all should love each other and not say any bad words and all. Wow. And that was so nice. I know. I know. And uh, don't listen to any of the podcasts where we talk about our past guests, <laughs> our past guests or people we know or things like that. But, uh, all right, Mike, it's time to, it's time to get on out of here. Um, what's the Philly score right now? 
It's 5 nothing, bottom of the eighth, and we're still looking for hit number one in the game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see by the next episode if you are driving up from Georgia to the parade or you are just like, eh, well, on to the next season. But we'll <laughs> That's see. all we can do, Scott. And no, unfortunately, my uh, plan of demanding everything go my way hasn't worked in life. Um, <laughs> you know, I've... I've uh, you know, I look up the sky. I don't know what you call the the supreme being, but I'm like, hey, I want everything I want. And um, it's funny. Yeah, that weirdly, it doesn't fall in my lap. It's funny you look up to a supreme being when you already think that you are on that level. As That's you it. as you have revealed over the years. If I just look in a mirror and say, "Give it to me," it's going to happen. Thank you, Scott. My all this. That's t- why you know what. I am bringing you back if you die this year. You know what? Yes. There you go. There you go. Suck it, little Richard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anything to promote? Uh, You know what? I'm going to promote a former guest of ours has a movie out there and is really getting a lot of media attention, which is Terrifier 2. Um, The little independent film uh, funded by Indiegogo is making a millions in the box offices like actually like beating some major movies and this is the movie if you haven't heard that they have actual like guards and medical staff available because people are getting sick and passing out during the movie um it's about art the clown the murderous clown uh terrifier 2 it's going by storm i they probably don't need our promotion but you know what i'm gonna say if you have a chance to see in theaters go out and see because it's pretty amazing and maybe a guest is going to come back on the show and talk about their next movie sure hope so um you should you should hand out old candy before the movie (laughs) be like enjoy this (laughs) enjoy the show enjoy the show everyone's getting sick uh (laughs) oh that's the one with the acid in it oh man you do not want to watch that movie with that in your system buddy um and i'm gonna promote (coughs) Ooh. See, I told you I might be dying before the end of the episode. Um, Too big. So at Tap Out 15, we've been doing comedy there for years and years and years and years now. And we really kind of stepped it up on the the headliners we've been getting. So uh, we have Rich Voss this week and then Jim Florentine in December. Um, Those are already both sold out. But I just added two monster ones. Uh, January 5th, we've been having um, Aaron Berg. Uh, very funny comedian, um, big, big name, works on with the Kumia guys and, and all that. And then on February 16th, uh, the very funny, the hilarious Miss Jessica Kearson is, is going to be at Tap House. You've seen her on Netflix. She was on Rogan recently. Um, she's absolutely hysterical, one of the funniest comics uh, working. So those things are flying. Um, it, well, those aren't up yet, but the other two shows sold out within a week of each other. Um, so please come out, check out Tap House 15, or check out Verbal Shenanigans on Instagram. I'll be posting those flyers uh, shortly. So other than that, guys, we have a bunch of cool guests coming up. Um, we're trying to keep this thing rolling every week. Um, please follow us, interact with us, tell us you like us, hate us, um, tell us if you want more body fluid talk uh because we can make that happen for you other than that guys life is funny laugh at it keep the wind at your back yeah yeah i'm done with the episode yes scott said stupid stuff again i don't know why he thinks he's a comedian or anything what's that mike 
Why, why do I hear voices? <laughs>